Are you looking for a memorable getaway for your family that's packed with adventure? Look no further than Lake Erie. Powderhook, in partnership with the Great Lakes Fishery Commission, has all the resources you need to plan your adventure to the walleye capital of the world. The best part is, you don't have to be an experienced angler or own a boat to have a fantastic time on the water. While walleye are the main attraction, Lake Erie also offers excellent fishing for yellow perch, trout, steelhead, salmon, and bass. The options are endless, and there's so much to explore on Lake Erie. Knowledgeable and friendly fishing guides are eager to serve you. Whether you want to hire a charter, secure a seat on a headboat, fish from the shore, ice fish, or do a DIY trip on your own boat. All these options are at your disposal with a bit of planning and preparation. Find everything you need at powderhook.com. That's powderhook.com. We know what's biting and can help you enjoy a wonderful fishing experience on Lake Erie. Hey, it's Captain Justin Leet with Chasing the Sun TV. Join me and Meredith for the best fish in action along the coast of Panama City Beach. Tune in to new episodes every Saturday at 10 a.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV. River Rats, you are listening to the River Certified Podcast with Spencer Bauer and Ryan Tassler and an array of guests where we cover the fun, interesting, and sometimes rugged parts of spending life on or near the water. So have you guys talked hawks on this yet? Just like curious. the Iowa Hawkeyes? Yeah, football. Or a red-tailed hawk. Because <laughs> we've covered both. <laughs> or, or other birds of prey such as osprey. I saw one the other day. It was very majestic. Really? Yeah. Oh, you're a science guy, so. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm, I'm an outdoorsy guy who loves critters and wildlife. and Well, critters can be wildlife, but critters, plants, like all that stuff. Sciencey stuff. But that's not science, like per se. Like That's what I think is science. But everything is science. Every yeah. single thing is science. So the chemistry side of things, I don't like chemistry. Physics is fun because when I think of physics, I think of guns. You know, like uh, yeah. guns are fun, or the proper Angle of currents, the proper <laughs> mechanics of a cast to maximize distance. That's physics. Yeah. Or hydrology. Yeah. Like that's physics. I'm kind of a little bit of a low key hydrology nerd, but I like critters. Um, I wish I knew trees better. I know I know plants, or I know grasses, like prairie grasses. Okay, but I need to learn my trees better. Breeding Boy Scouts. No. They didn't fish very much. I was gonna. I was looking into <laughs> no, it. I'm like, they only fish once a year. I want to fish every day. I can't day. do that. I yeah. just can't do like, that. Like, what is what justifies me being a Boy Scout if it's not a vessel to get me to the water? But there's a merit badge for it, so you could. I don't, I don't give a shit about a merit badge. Like, I don't need a pat on the back. Like, I guess I guess it's more than a pat on the back. Like, it's a symbol that acknowledges an achievement. You ex- yeah, yeah, an achievement. So that's yeah. sweet. But all I wanted to do was fish. Yeah. So if there was a fishing scouts, hell yeah, I would have been on that. I'll, but, I'll meet you Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. But I mean, where I grew up, small town, southern Iowa, um, there wasn't that many opportunities for organizations like that. But there was plenty of opportunities mm-hmm. for me to just go fishing. Yeah. So I just went fishing. Yeah. You know? And that's where you learn the most anyway. Yeah. You get 15 guys that don't know what they're doing out there. You're not going to learn anything. You know, it's funny. Growing up, I just looked at adults and assumed they knew everything. <laughs> and now you're one. You're like, we have no clue. I don't know anything. <laughs> we have 
have zero clue. But we haven't gotten depth into the Hawkeyes. Oh. Like, what, what, what route you thinking? We talking football? We talking wrestling? You know what I really want to talk about? And I don't know when this podcast is going to come out, but Nebraska played Northwestern. Yeah, they did. And Nebraska was up 14-3, to and I saw <laughs> something pop up on Twitter that said, from like Nebraska football, whatever. Yeah. And it said, I don't want to get ahead of us, but Georgia will be a tough game in the semifinals. That's hilarious. And then they lost. And if it wasn't for shit like that, I wouldn't rag on Nebraska football. Yeah. But it's just anybody who's got a loud mouth and they uh, get put in their place. That's I kind of enjoy that. Well, for one, you can never count out Northwestern. No. When Dude. Iowa's got the best team, they're the hot gonna killers. Through, yes. Hot killers. Then yes. Purdue. And recently, Purdue's been yeah. more recent. Northwestern has been forever. Northwestern could be one in six, and the one was the Hawkeyes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Every freaking time. At and Kinnick. The, and the Hawks can be too. six and one, yep. and they lose to Northwestern. Yep, that's pretty standard. <laughs> so are we talking football? Are we talking wrestling? I don't know much about their baseball team solid. Yeah. Yeah. No, I was just thought in general. I didn't know if you guys talked football. So yeah, we talk about whatever we want to talk about. But I'm excited I'm, for football to start because like football season, and we're not going to do a deep dive into sports, so don't don't nope. like turn it off. But what I'm going to talk about is, and I feel like I'm pleading. <laughs> if you want to turn it <laughs> do off, what you like, want. do yeah. what you want. Yeah, <laughs> but football to me, football season represents fall, and when I yeah. think of fall, I think of Feeding well, frenzies. Well, that's not real. Like, people say, like, fall feeding frenzy. Bullshit. Like, the fishing can be real good. It can also be really bad, yeah. you know? Yeah. You know, a lot of it Those depends cold on... fronts come in and well, shut her down. That's it, at least for the catfishing. It can ramp up the walleyes if you time it right. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I think of slightly cooler temps, and then I think of flatheads on cut bait. And Less how I don't bugs. Have Less bugs. <laughs> How I don't have to lug a bait tank around because I'll just cast net some shad. Or I guess I could bring creek chubs. They, yeah. they they work good too. But things just start to get more simple in yeah. the fall. You know, like catfishing is more streamlined. Uh, walleye fishing starts to become more of a thing. And that's really streamlined. Yeah. And uh, simple times, enjoying some football, enjoying cooler temps, no bugs. So usually some good fishing, and I even enjoy a, a fall morning farmer's market. <laughs> after, after I've spent a morning on the river, then Ellen and I go to the farmer's market, <laughs> sipping some coffee. And you still smell like shad. <laughs> Nobody's bitched about it yet. <laughs> Except you now, kind of. Ella's got to have like burnt nostrils, because she never complains about how bad you well, smell. Well, well... <laughs> We had a conversation the other day about how her tolerance for spicy food has went up dramatically since we've been there. Yeah. Because I am a spicy food, uh, what's the word for it? Aficionado. <laughs> that word hasn't been spoken on the podcast before. <laughs> and uh, That's the only context where it fits. Oh, there's... <laughs> no, there's... I'm a catfishing aficionado. <laughs> See? Different context. Same word. But uh, she mentioned that how she prefers spicy foods now more so than she ever did before we were together. Yeah. It's an acquired, you got to build your tolerance will go up. It's like coffee, beer, spicy foods. I like all of those things. I could skip the coffee, but 
I'll take the beer and spicy. Andy, are you a coffee guy? Uh, actually, I make cold brew in the morning. Oh, you're cold, cold coffee over ice. Even even milk. in the winter. Yep. Then go lift. That's it. That's your pre-workout. That's my pre-workout. That's the best nice. pre-workout, I yeah. think. I used to do pre-workouts. Dude, the first time you take one, you feel like you're Superman. Yeah. I feel like I was Then you're always chasing that high. Chasing the dragon. <laughs> That's no joke either. So I just I think I went through the tub and said, This is this is bad. <laughs> no more. My heart cannot take this. Well, and then when you become a teacher, like you're required to drink coffee. <laughs> it's a thing. It's pretty much in passage. The, pretty much in the contract. <laughs> And I never was a coffee guy until I became a teacher. And since then, I'm like a coffee guy. Yeah. I mean, Red Bulls will do in a pinch, like camping and stuff. Um, but if I have my choice, I'm going to drink coffee. Yeah. I'm a monster guy. I grab a monster in the morning. Good to go. When's it, is, Do you ever have mornings where you don't drink a monster? Or is it like a monster Sometimes day? on weekends, yeah. Keeps the doctor away? Well, but. sometimes on weekends. And if I don't have one on a weekend, I get a headache. Do you really? Uh huh. That's one funny thing is I said I started drinking coffee when I was teaching. And when I was drinking coffee and teaching, I would drink at least half a pot of coffee a day. Everybody it, else in the teacher's it, lounge was pissed. Oh, they got over it. Um, but since I've not been teaching, my coffee intake has dropped substantially. Yeah. Like I, I drink a cup a day. Wow. Yeah. Sometimes cup though. Some thirty two. <laughs> Sometimes I don't even drink the cup. <laughs> like yesterday I got halfway through the cup, forgot about it, and then it's like three in the afternoon and I'm like, Oh, there's my coffee cup. Pick it up and I'm like, This thing's full. <laughs> You're drinking it hot though, right? Yeah. 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 I'm not a big cold brew guy. I've never had it. I've had it, and maybe it's just the ones I had, but the ones I had, I didn't didn't enjoy very much. Oh, nice. Get it down. You're out the door real fast. Sure. Yeah. But I like to savor it over a period of time. I don't want to necessarily chug it. I don't have, like, I'm, my, I don't know if it's my teeth or something. It's very sensitive to, like, hot and cold. Mm-hmm. Like, I want everything, like, in the middle. I don't like things real hot. don't like things real cold. I don't know what it is. So. I like things real hot, like coffee and real cold. I like my beer like point one above freezing temperature. <laughs> there I, was there I, was a um, so I was a coach in college for a year. Yeah, and uh, how did it work out? To a national championship team. Yeah, 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 yeah. Just it was fun. Just won the title. No big deal. Yeah, it was sweet. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I. Oh, I ran out of eligibility. <laughs> I went to school so long that I ran out of eligibility. Well, you went to three schools? Four. Well, that three? was the hang-up. Like, so when I transferred, I transferred twice. And every time I transferred, credits would transfer. But this college required this class. And then you take that class, and it transfers to the next school, but it's not the same. Not their required class. Not their yes. required. So you have to retake basically the same class over again. Um yeah, I have a lot of credits. <laughs> <laughs> I have a major in a lot of minors. So <laughs> I told you that to tell you this. I, I coached one year of college as a student, so not a graduate assistant because I didn't graduate. Just an undergraduate assistant. <laughs> undergraduate assistant. But the thing was, you'd go to the tournaments, you'd get there Friday night, tournament would be on Saturday, 
and all the wrestlers would go to bed. Well, coaches would go out and have a few beers. We went to this bar, and I don't know if they're pulling these bush light. They're bush light, like twenty five ounces. The big ones. The big ones. And I don't know if they were pulling them out of a freaking snowdrift, but they were the coolest <laughs> were delicious. bush lights I've ever had in my life. And they went down too good. Yeah. And that was, uh, it was a late night, early morning, and a long ass Saturday. Sitting there in a gym, watching wrestling, hungover. Like, yep. Sweating it out. Yeah. yeah. Yelling, you know, <laughs> popping, tiling all. <laughs> I feel like I just told this story the last podcast. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Why is this place so loud? Heavy on the head, but don't touch my head because it's pounding. It's pounding right now. (laughs) Now, uh, back to Hawkeye football. I'd listen to every game on the radio. Yeah. I never, I rarely sit down and watch a game, but I listen to it on the radio every Saturday, Mm -hmm. no matter what I'm doing. So it's funny you say that because this fall, I'm looking forward to the most is going out and fishing and turn it on 1040 yep. and listen to the Hawks. I listen to old Gary. Yep. Let's go. Yeah, yeah. Friday nights I listen to the Rams and then Saturday I listen to the Hawks. That's solid. I just have my iPhone tuned up. Dude, and- like if we're being honest, I would much rather listen to Gary and Ed. They're hilarious. Cr- they are hilarious. <laughs> Even when they don't mean to be. But that's <laughs> when they're the most hilarious. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> What do you think of that, buddy boy? <laughs> and anybody who's not a Hawk fan doesn't get it. But what you should do is look up Chris Hassel, uh, Iowa football impersonation on YouTube. <laughs> it's pretty good. And Spencer he, played that for he impersonates Ed Podolak and Gary Dolphin <laughs> during the Penn State game. And that might not be the thing to look up, but hopefully you find it. If it's you do, good. it's freaking worth it. <laughs> <laughs> if you like, if you've watched any Hawkeye football at all, you will really appreciate it. And if you are a college football fan at all, you'll still appreciate it. Yeah. So. Yeah. The Hawks have a pretty loyal following and a pretty loyal dislike. Not as bad as like Alabama. No. Well, they're not as good as Alabama. Right. The further up the totem pole you go, the the better your haters are. I love to hate on Alabama. <laughs> Just kind of a hobby of mine. The hate on Alabama, hate on the Yankees. And I don't think it's like it's nothing deep rooted in like serious. I just kinda like like to poke the bear a exactly. I like to exactly yeah, yes. I like to poke the bear yeah. a little bit. People or in Nebraska. <laughs> like people who are fans of Nebraska, Alabama and the Yankees, if you poke fun, they get offended. Oh, yes. And it is entertaining. It's like they're on the team. <laughs> no shit. Well, that's, they, they say we. Yes. Like, I like, was just going to say like, that. We went eight and four last year. I'm like, were you on the freaking roster? When's the last roster? time you wore cleats? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's my girlfriend's a huge Packers fan. Oh. So every Sunday I get a nap. She, watch, she watches the game. I take a nap. It works perfect. So... She always pulls out the wee, wee, wee. I'm like, you don't even know the rules to football. What are you talking about? <laughs> That's even better. <laughs> we got a, we got a, oh, let's do intros first. So yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm here with Ryan, the Flyhead Assassin. We didn't give Joby a nickname. I kind of forgot. He about made it. his own. What did he keep saying? I don't know. Game changer. 
No. Joby the Game Changer. Yes. Hoskinson. That, that's perfect. That's perfect. <laughs> I hope we remember that next time he's on here. <laughs> we got uh, Andy Carmen. Don't have a cringy nickname for you yet. This is the first time either one of us met Andy. Yeah. Just walked into the room. Yeah. yeah. This he, is uh, fun. Well, what led, you want to talk about what led up to this? Go or? ahead. Start it out, Andy. Yeah. So I went out this winter, buddy yeah. of mine wanted me to go ice fishing. I'm like, ah, I don't know, you know, kind of busy, whatever. And I grew up going fishing, going on the river. Mm-hmm. And uh, I went with them, whatever, fell in love. You know how many fish I caught on the ice this winter? I bet you're going to tell me. None. <laughs> None. <laughs> I was wasn't expecting that answer. <laughs> Hours. Hours. But you loved it. I loved it. Yeah. That's good. That's, and, that's uh, like true love. That's, you know, that sets you up for flathead fishing perfectly. Exactly. That's like... Um, <laughs> Like you take this chick out on a date and don't get any, and you instantly like, fall in love, and you still love her. Like that's true love. <laughs> I went there, and uh, you know, growing up, even my dad took me out on the north yeah. and catching big channel catfish. Oh yeah, it's a blast. I've, I've heard that. Winnipeg and Fargo and all that, but getting back, fell in love, and uh, I reached out to my cousin, and I'm like, hey, you you know everybody around here, right? And he does. Yeah, and uh, he. Got me on to Ryan and, and Bob Fredrickson, so I've been kind of texting these guys back and forth. Hey, what do you know? Do you, you know, know Bob Fredrickson, Bobby Spencer? That I know dude, Bill. That dude could catch a walleye at this table. He is amazing. Yeah. I don't, I, I don't know what it is. Some people got it. He does. I wish you did. I, I do not. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't even spell walleye. Don't catch one. W-A-L-I. Uh, Two L's, right? <laughs> Sorry. Continue on. So I reach out to you guys, these guys, and I'm like, hey, you know, what do you know? Teach me your ways. You know the... Um, he didn't learn shit from me, by the way. I don't know. So I'm going out trial and error trying to catch some channel cat. And uh, I think I know what I'm doing, right? You ever heard of the uh, Dunning-Kruger effect? No. I have not. So you can look it up, Google it. Basically, it's something where you learn something, a trade right away, and you think you got it figured out. And you're like, oh, 100%. This is no big deal. I'm a pro. I'm a pro. (laughs) So arrogant, cocky, you know, no big deal. That's called what? The Dunning-Kruger effect. So how do you get out of that? <laughs> you, you learn. Get you, you get, get humbled, humbled really you're quick. Still so, stuck in that. <laughs> so you think you got this figured out? Ah, oh, I've been fishing. You know, whatever. No big deal. And then I'm talking to these guys, going out and fishing. Wait. So you went ice fishing, didn't catch anything, and you have all of this confidence from not catching anything. <laughs> <laughs> the hill you have no idea. Up was very short. <laughs> <laughs> So I'm going out and uh, this just nothing, getting nothing. Yeah. And basically, it's when you think you know everything okay. and then just dive down. You don't know anything. So what's you, below you, catching nothing? Getting a snag every cast. <laughs> <laughs> Something like that. Yeah, pretty much. So finally, I don't know, kind of over time, catching Channel Cat a little bit at a time and trying different tactics listen to these guys and i still don't know anything it's just so crazy how much you think you know something and quickly get humbled and you're still learning i feel like the definition of intelligence is well 
there's probably lots of them, but uh, in my mind, once you've reached a level of understanding that's significant, like whether you want to call that intelligence or however, whatever word, or whatever, something, uh, to realize how little you actually know is a big pivotal moment in actually understanding something to some level. Like they're hitting another level. Yeah, that, realize- that would be like, because you're at this point, you've had a little success, you feel like you're amazing, and then something happens where you realize just how little you actually know. <laughs> I don't know crap. Right. <laughs> so that's the point that I'm yeah. at. And it's funny to hear somebody say, like you or anybody else, like listening to these guys, these guys know all this. I'm like, I don't know shit. Yeah. Like, there's so many times where I'm scratching my head, and I'm like, well, we'll try it. I've had very limited success in certain situations that I try to duplicate as much as possible. Yeah. There there are times it, where I'm like, well, this works about 40% of the time. This works. And for at, flathead fishing, that's pretty good odds. Agreed. So I try to do that a lot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If I do it 400 times... <laughs> Forty percent of the time is, I let's mean, say, two thirty. That's a I lot mean, of flatheads. Uh, <laughs> I mean, just to put it in perspective for people listening, I was looping my line back through an egg sinker and then to the hook. Well, we understood that you just started and you suck. So. Yeah, 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 yeah. Thank you, thank <laughs> you. Wants to throw the level of suck in. Yes, right, exactly, yes. Right. exactly. So you're a guy who didn't fish or grew up fishing, hasn't fished for a long time, and you're Jump revisiting stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Which is awesome. It's been awesome. Mm -hmm. So lately, early, going back about a month ago, three weeks ago, Mm -hmm. started throwing crankbaits for Flathead and had a lot of success. Cool. Not big, you know, anywhere from 8 to 15 pounds, but just throwing them in rocks. Well, those Mm -hmm. are fun fish, especially on the gear you're probably throwing crankbaits with. Like, what other fish are you going to throw a crankbait for and catch 8 to 15 pounders? It's crazy. Yeah. Like you're not yeah, gonna maybe northern, where around here? Well, there there's yeah, not another not around here. There's no. not another fish in central Iowa that you're gonna take a medium or medium heavy bait casting rod, whip out a short bill crankbait, and catch eight to fifteen pounders with a shot at a fifty. Yeah, it's, and you've had a couple of big ones that broke you off. Yeah, yeah, I did. Yeah. If you find a flathead with a crankbait in its mouth, let me know because it could be that one. I earmarked it. It was nice. <laughs> I've never, I've never caught a flathead with crankbait in his mouth. I've caught flatheads with hooks. I caught one that had three hooks in addition to the hook that I put in him. <laughs> that was kind of nuts. I, I held it in the water and it took me five minutes to get them all out. Wow. Um, the funny thing was, two of them were. Whisker Seeker triple threats, and then one was a Gamakatsu 8 octopus circle hook. Really? Yeah, mine was a 10 aught Super J. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, they all worked. Uh, not like, not all the leaders worked. I, I was guess. gonna say, weren't they, they like pussed up? Like they'd been there a while. They or? had not been there that long. So he just went on a feed and frenzy. Yeah, anything he, he saw, he ate. Well, it was it was a hell of a night. Like yeah. I, I think we caught eight. That night? Wow. Yeah, it was a good one. They they were all eating. Was that West? Yeah. Yeah. So were they using circle hooks or the oh, triple threats? Yeah, they might have been there, so I don't know. <laughs> they weren't mine. I like to think it was. I, I <laughs> Whoever they were, they were using 20-pound mono and apparently too much drag. <laughs> 
You live, you learn. But we got him in. We got the piercings removed, and everything was fine. But and I've caught a handful of them with a hook. Yeah. But that was the record for sure. Yeah. <laughs> That's tough to beat. So if I catch one with a crankbait, I'll return it. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. You're welcome. Walmart special. So uh, what turned you on to crankbaits for flathead? Um, pure luck, like you're out throwing crankbaits, or oh no, uh, walleye Bob. Yeah. T- said, hey, you know, throw them in these Wait. rocks, do this. Walleye Bob? Bob can't Richardson. catch a walleye? Has the nickname Walleye Bob? No, he's he's amazing. Oh, you're talking Bob Frederick. Yes. I was thinking yeah. Bob White Trash. Oh, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, Bobby Fredrickson is a walleye master. Okay. That makes and a lot more sense. And he has been since he was, he's probably like five years younger than me. Okay. And he he's was, a walleye guy. He was like. 14 and i was like 19 and he would outfish me 10 to 1 yeah like everybody else yeah, i mean <laughs> i'm just it's dueling to be noted okay <laughs> no basically he's like hey you know throw you know throw in these rocks do this kind of do that and he was fishing for walleye when he was catching these the last couple of years so yeah. he wasn't yeah. trying to catch flathead he was probably annoyed by these flatheads i, I think he was he's like oh <laughs> I have to fight this thing for five minutes. I could have caught two two walleyes while I was reeling this thing in. That's a real thing. I feel like walleye guys especially are the ones who get the most pissed off about bycatch. Yeah. Because it's not a walleye. You should see people up at Lake Erie when they hook a drum. They get pissed. Yeah. <laughs> well, and they're big up there, aren't they? So, so you think you got this... 35-inch walleye odd, and you pull Which it is possible up yes. there, I suppose. Yes. Yeah, yep. I think the lake record is like 36. It's still smaller than the Iowa record. Really? The Iowa record. I'll, I'll look it up while Andy's continuing on the story that I keep interrupting. Uh, but I want to say it's like 48. What? Yeah. A four-foot walleye. No. Drum. Oh, I thought we were Whoa. talking about walleye. No. I was talking about 36-inch walleye. That's their record. Yes. But what's the weight? I don't It was. I don't know. That'd be Ohio? Yes. Better set the record straight. Anyway, keep talking. So I've been striking out <laughs> on these, you know, throwing crankbaits. and like uh, you just unhit the pause <laughs> button. <laughs> Ohio's... State record walleye is from Lake Erie. Yeah. It's caught 99, weighed 16.19 pounds, Jesus. and measured 33 inches. Long. 33? Yeah. Really? My dad has seen a 35 and a quarter inch walleye. How big was I? I think I caught like a 32 and a quarter. I'm pretty sure. It probably wasn't 16 pounds. It was not. It was, it was all a 13, though. That's a freak. Yeah. Back, my dad saw a 35 and a quarter. Guess what that thing weighed? 17? 18? 15. Really? He said it was skinny as a rail. That's three foot of walleye. Basically three freaking feet of walleye. Anyway, (laughs) part three. Uh, I'll find the drum record and interrupt you. (laughs) Yeah, keep going. Yeah, find that. Yeah. (laughs) You can keep going. I'm getting tired of throwing crankbaits because now I'm starting to strike out. So, okay, you're going to try some cut bait, some live bait, whatever that looks like, trying up and down the river. And uh, Thursday late afternoon, I tried a spot and just got pillaged by turtles. <laughs> I mean, they swam up with my bait at one point. No joke. And like started taking, 
it was crazy. <laughs> I, I just, at that point, shook my head. I didn't know what to say. Yeah. So I messaged Ryan. I'm like, hey, man, you know, do you know where I'd go? Because people are catching these things, and yeah. I'm striking out. We don't out. mention spots, by the way. So I just, know that. Okay. Oh, I know. All right. All right. I, I'm striking out, you know. Where do I go? Hey, you know, maybe do this, do that. And, and we were kind of thinking the same area, but not the right spot. And uh, got some green sunnies, went out on that spot that night, and uh, caught the biggest fish of my life. Beat them up? Beat them up. It was great. Three nice fish. Very, very nice. Very nice. And you said your brother went out with you, too. Yep, yep. So that's you awesome. had a great that's time. something that you guys are always going to have a memory of. Uh, cool. Top 10 night of my life. It yeah. was amazing. Yeah. So and he has nine kids, so. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty. That's saying something. Saying something. Sorry, Megan. (laughs) So back to the freshwater drum. The Ohio record, according to the first thing I saw on um, Google, is twenty three and a half pounds. Holy crap! Nice fish. Yeah. Not Iowa nice though. Really? Yeah. The freshwater drum record in Iowa is forty six pounds. Wow. And the only reason I knew it was. Like right around there is because I dream of a drum like that. That's I want to catch. That's crazy. I would. I dream of catching a twenty to thirty pound drum. Is that that reservoir down there? No. That were really. Well, you said how the walleye guys are. You know, get upset when they catch something else. Mm -hmm. But when you guys catch a drum, no, that's nice. That's cool. Whatever. (laughs) Except little drum. It's well. It's still whatever. Bait. Have you, you ever can. caught? Have you ever caught a flathead on a drum? I've never used a drum for flathead bait. I think I've used drum. I've cut drum for blue cat, but and they work 100. Yeah. percent I think I've used live drum probably six, seven, eight times. Never caught a flathead on one, but I've cleaned several flatheads that have like most of the flatheads you clean don't have anything in their stomach. The ones That's that, why they ate. They're hungry, right? <laughs> Uh, the ones that you clean that have something in their stomach other than the bait, it's usually actually pretty much every time that I can think of off the top of my head, it's a freshwater drum, a sucker, or a shad. Yeah. Those are the three things, the only three things I've yeah. ever found in a flathead stomach. I don't think I've had anything noticeable. It's usually just like a... A mass of yes. grossness. Yes. It's well, already been digested too far to to. No, I did find a baby turtle in one one time. Really? Yeah, that'd, that'd be cool. Little baby turtle. The the coolest one that I can think of is I was fishing with my buddy Goody, and when Sounds he like a good guy, he is a good guy. <laughs> Me and him, we went to Grandview together, and um, so he's a wrestler. No, he was a football no. player. Great big DN, some bitch. He was like 6'5, yeah. 240, you know, big broad shoulders, lanky ass <laughs> arms. That was so it. He could have done whatever he wanted to. Yeah, he would have been a great he, wrestler, yeah, too. He just chose to be a DN. Right, right. <laughs> and, and he did well. But he moved up here, and I didn't realize it. It was the first year I lived up here, and then I walked into a bar, and he was bartending. I'm like, what are you and doing he here? He stood out. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> Uh, and then he went on this long story, but at the end of the story, uh, it was like, okay, goodies here. Like, yeah. Invite him over all the time. We, we did some fishing. Yeah, it's a good time. <laughs> um, and then he moved back to Eastern Iowa, where he's from, and I haven't seen him since, which is kind of sucks. But that's yeah. that's life. 
we were we were flyhead fishing and he'd never caught one so he caught his first flathead and it was three pounds but the the interesting part of the three pounder is he pulls it in and it's gut is sticking out like it swallowed a softball <laughs> like that is so he's a pound and a half fish with a pound and a half something in his stomach basically <laughs> i said let me see that thing and i grab it by the bottom lip look down his throat and there's tail fin sticking out his throat so i mean this you could argue this is harassing wildlife a little bit but i had to know <laughs> so, i reach a pair of pliers in there pinch the tail pull it out and you could just see the the stomach shrink. <laughs> He's like, "Thank you so much." <laughs> but it was no shit. A pound and a half, two pound flathead with a one to one and a half pound sucker Jeez. in wow. its gut. They are slurpable. <laughs> That's why we like them. <laughs> I don't know. Shit like that happened. You see shit like that, and I'm like, "How many of you little bastards have I missed because yeah. I, I didn't give you enough time to take it down the hatch?" Yeah. And how uncomfortable would that fish have been? He is probably loving it. life, man. Like, <laughs> like, like you know, it's Thanksgiving, and I'm comparing endothermic and ectothermic organisms here. <laughs> so it's completely total opposites. Let's but, take reality out of this situation, right? But yeah. you, you know, you enjoy Thanksgiving dinner, and you fill up, and then you sit back, and you're kind of like quotation marks miserable, but you're really just. You're relaxing and just enjoying being full. So Goody had pumpkin pie on the hook. He was just getting a little dessert. Well, <laughs> you know, it's funny you say pumpkin pie because I think it was a pumpkin seed. <laughs> He's like, I can't pass that up. Right, right. Uh, so uh, you had a good night. Uh, what's your plans for the rest of summer? Yeah, so going back to the Dunning-Kruger effect. Look that up, by the way. You know, starting out thinking Don't I know what I know. Don't tell me what to do, you son <laughs> Sorry, of a bitch. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> I was looking at Ryan. Whatever. Um, you know, I'm on the slope of enlightenment. So that's what the, the graph the shows. Ride. I'm enjoying yeah. the ride. And uh, I'm going to finish out the, you know, out the year and throw out some more live baits. Have fun. Yeah. Going to the night. So Me too. I'll keep you that's updated. That's kind of my plan. I'll keep you updated. <laughs> it's going to be fun. Heck yeah. So I saw you had a canoe in the pictures that you sent. Do you canoe the river a lot? Uh, no, we literally canoed about um, twenty yards just oh, to get across to, get to a more across. comfortable yeah. spot. Yeah, so you didn't exactly. have to drag forever. Well, I just went from the boat ramp side to the no, sandbar. No, I'm following yeah. you, but yeah. if you would have floated down river, you've been dragging immediately. Yeah. Well, I didn't what trust my brother getting back in the dark, so I don't. We trust stayed my very close. Either. Yeah. How old's your brother? Uh. 34. Yeah. yeah. Yep. It's a good age. Yeah. Is that his uh, first fishing trip or flathead fishing trip? Or? I think that might have been his second flathead ever in his life. Really? Yep. Yep. Because like I said, we go the, down all the time. middle but... one, right? You got the big and the little and then he got the middle one? Yep. He got the 24 pounder. 24. Yeah. It was a blast. Well, I was telling him, I said, hey, you know, you watch these videos. Be careful if you feel like something's nimble on it before you just start reeling in set the hook or or do something like that it could be there sitting on your bait and sure enough it was so really? he yep because that I, doesn't happen all no. that often like it does obviously but how much current was where you were fishing uh like out of a scale of 100 like one yeah mm-hmm. and the wind was blowing happens, up i've noticed a lot more in very low current situations without water pushing on them. yes yeah 
and like that night at uh this the sandbar spot we had that happen twice dude it, it happened calm right there my well i've i won't retell the story on the podcast but yeah, the gist is I've had it happen a handful yeah. of times. Yeah, but he was leery before because thirty minutes prior he caught a nice snapper, which was just messing with our minds. Because you was, caught a snapper yeah. out of the river. Yeah, we did. That's impressive. There are not many left. Usually yeah. it's all soft tails. What uh, when I went to catch bullheads the other day, the snapping turtles were rowdy. <laughs> 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 they. I threw my bobber out, and as soon as it, it hits the water, the bait sinks down, and the bobber stands up straight, and immediately a snapping turtle pops his head up and is like, who go there? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to bite your bobber in half. Right. And then, then another one popped up, and they were like swirling the water and shit, like getting real worked up. <laughs> Just because I was there, yeah. you know, trying to steal the bullet, and maybe it wasn't because I was there. I'm, maybe I'm taking, thinking I'm yeah. more important than I actually am. But it was, you know, it's it nice to see some, some snappers. <laughs> you don't see very many of the rivers. No, no. When I was growing up, that's about all you catch. But now it's a lot of le- leatherbacks. Mm-hmm. You go to Southern Iowa, there's still a pile of uh, snappers down there, yeah. even in the creeks and stuff like. I see more in the smaller creeks than I do in like the river. I think it's a current velocity thing. So there's certain sections of river that are faster than others. And in the faster sections, I see more soft shells. But in the slower section, I see more uh, snapping turtles. That kind of makes sense. And then the creeks, the creek that I grew up has a pile of snappers in it. But usually it doesn't flow that fast. No. The interesting thing is when it starts, like, because it's straightened. You know, there's not that many bends in it because yeah. they channelize the shit out of it. And then it's, you know, there's a lot of tiling because of farming. So when it rains heavy, it shoots straight up and then it drops straight down. And uh, to see the how the turtles interact with that is kind of entertaining. Like <laughs> Run for the hills. Well, <laughs> they'll just be like clinging for their lives, you yeah. know, like... There was the one that the one that really really sticks out, and there's a handful of sim- stories that follow a similar vein to the one that I'm going to tell. But there was this outside river bend in one of the few spots it wasn't straightened, which yeah. it was a hot hot spot. You know, oh yeah, yeah, you have fish for five miles is piled there it, one time or another, or twenty. Like <laughs> on this creek, it's twenty, and on this outside bend, it was this tall clay bank. And then there, it was straight up and down, except for one spot kind of came out for about two feet, then nice continued straight down. Yeah. Well, the water rose. I was out there for three or four hours, and it came up three or four feet in three oh, or four yeah. hours. Like, it shoots up big time. Well, this shelf was dry when I got there, and then within an hour, it started water had come up to that point. So I reeled the outermost rod that was now in rocket fast current. <laughs> Getting every tree branch. Exactly. Down. Exactly. Yeah. And threw it up on that shelf and caught a couple channel cats. And you could see them like the wake off their backs as they're trying to work up against this current on the shelf. It was cool. That is pretty cool. Um, and I noticed another V coming up like through the current, right, but it was slow. <laughs> It was just like trudging along to the point where I'm like, was there a rock there before? <laughs> and the rock progressed slowly upriver, and then he poked his head up above the water. I'm like, shit, that's a snapper. <laughs> and 
after he poked his head up out of the water, like continued to go up and up. And then I'm sure he was still down there, but yeah. you couldn't tell. But it was just neat in that moment to see him. I just imagined him digging his claws in <laughs> as he just works his way along this clay bank trying to make progress. This damn water. It, seeing, seeing channel cats zip by him like, you sons of bitches. <laughs> and they just get... When, it, it sucks because it's so unnatural and fish respond really weird and probably in the grand scheme of things don't do as well in those scenarios as they could have otherwise. Yeah. But it... It, it's fun. They adapt. It's fun to fish them. Yeah. You know, because when it's stable, you can catch fish. You can catch plenty of fish. It can be real fun. But when it shoots up like that, like normally on, when the water isn't fluctuating as much, you have to move a lot. Yeah. When it's shooting up like that, if you're There's in the right three spot. Spots. <laughs> three dude, if you're spots. in the right one, you don't have to go nowhere. <laughs> they just come to you. <laughs> The new wave's coming in in yep. five minutes. Yep. It's good time. <laughs> good times. Hell yeah. So tell us more about yourself. How come you haven't fished that much? Great question. Um, you fish growing up. Fish growing up? You fish now. Yeah. And you didn't fish between then and now. Yeah. So I'm working a lot for farmers around the area i work a lot and i fish a lot that's true yeah. and uh give me a good excuse got farm pond, so you always got bait oh you're that <laughs> even got honestly yes just got worse and the um honestly i like golf a lot yeah in fact it's so bad that don't now, swear at me you son of a bitch so <laughs> hear me out you know now i'm i'm fishing i love it i'm gonna keep going and my wife is like, hey, can you just go golfing instead? It doesn't take that much, you know, it doesn't take that much time as the fishing does. Right. But I guess in between that time, what was I doing? Yeah. Going what? to school, sports? I don't know. Because <laughs> how old are you? How, I'm 31. 31? Yep, yep. And you quit fishing... 15. 15? 14. Yep, somewhere in there. Kind of high Had no luck. Kind of yep. kicked in and then... Did you play in college anywhere? Or? Uh, yeah, I threw at Iowa. I threw the shot and disc oh, at yeah, Iowa. Yeah. Yep. So that's, awesome. that's about sixty pounds ago. <laughs> <laughs> I can relate to that because I wrestled heavyweight in college. No kidding. Yeah. yeah. When I tell people like that, tell people that they respond the exact same way as you just did most of the time. <laughs> I can't see it. <laughs> I was I was fifteen pounds heavier. Yeah. It wasn't like I was giant. I was two twenty five. There's two yeah. styles of heavyweights, especially in college wrestling. There's I would argue the there's boys, or there's the small, quick guys. I would argue there's three. There's the big, big boys. There's the guys built like him that are tall and lanky. Yeah. And then there's guys like me who are just little. <laughs> I, I thought you were gonna throw in the bowling ball guys because well, they qualify like big muscular guys. There's like guys that look like Kool Aid. <laughs> and then there's guys like Spencer. Yeah. <laughs> Those Iowa wrestlers, though, I remember them. We're on the same floor. You yeah. know, we're buds. We hang out, you yeah. know, kind of do things together. That was the same year, I think in 2010, when they got in trouble for uh, shooting BB guns on the Pentacrest at Rabbits. <laughs> <laughs> they were crazy. Who would that have been? Oh, man. Um, that's why you asked about the Hawkeye. Yeah, you see a couple names. Because you are a Hawkeye. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. 
I'm trying to remember who would have been the guys doing that in 2010. <laughs> They're my kind of guys. Right. right. <laughs> well, didn't they had that one heavyweight who like shot himself in the leg? Yeah, he's still part of the program. He's like a and he's a he wears a business suit now. What's his name? Sam. It was Sam. Stoll. Sam yeah. Stoll. That's right. Yeah. Yep. Shot himself in the leg. He was like. Number one in the nation. I think there was more to that story that didn't get out. Well, how can there not be? Yeah. Yeah, like. <laughs> yeah. Oh, he just accidentally shot himself yeah, in the leg. Party. Yeah. yeah. It just, there was more to that. More going on that. And things happen. <laughs> <laughs> so he never won a national title after that, which sucks because we could have used it. Yeah. I said, wait, did you hear that? Yeah. Wait. <laughs> I caught that. Too. I did train in the room like Full five circle. times in my Did life. you really? Yeah. yeah. I've never trained in. No, uh, my buddy, uh, Chad Vance, I wrestled with him up at Iowa Central. Yeah. And then he transferred to Iowa. So that summer I went and worked out with him a few times. I've never trained in a Division One room. It was intense just being in there. And it was me, Chad, in one area and then some guys in another area. But it wasn't like an organized practice. It was just like an open time. Mm-hmm. It was still another level of intensity. You appreciated the Iowa Hawkeye wrestling. Right? Sure, sure. So no, that's when I was in the basement, kind of mm-hmm. the dungeon. Sweaty and stinky. Got to have gross. a multi-trillion-dollar organization in the works. That's becoming more and more the thing, though. Yes. Like Grandview, where mm-hmm. I wrestled at. Well, one of the schools that I wrestled at. When I started, they were in this. Wasn't a dungeon, but. It was a small, was a wrestling en- room. enclosed <laughs> wrestling room. Yeah. Second floor of the field house. Now they have their own facility. Like we had. Well, a- how many national titles have they won? They've earned their own facility. <laughs> nine or ten? Yeah, and like eight of them were in a row. Yeah, I think it is nine because they won eight in a row. If they would have won nine, it would have been the all-time record. They lost. Which in like the heavyweight match, didn't they? It was like right at the it end. It was they, it was two or three points, or maybe one. Yeah. It wasn't very much, but the the only thing that justifies that loss a little bit is the team they lost to was Life University, coached by Omi Acosta, who me and him graduated from Grandview the same year. <laughs> <laughs> and Omi's the man. Yeah. Like, I wish Omi was listing. He's but. like legit. He's he's the freaking man. That's cool. Yeah, it's it's awesome when good guys succeed. You always agreed. You always got to smile. If anybody's gonna beat Grandview, that's the team I want to beat. Grandview. Yeah, that's it. I hope they never lose again, though. <laughs> you, man. Yeah. <laughs> you had your shot. Now mm-hmm. sit back. <laughs> I hope they win nine in a row. But and, you think about it, and Nick agrees with you. I'm sure. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you got me once. That's it. But you think about it, and it's like, wow, it's crazy. They won eight in a row. They'll probably have another shot at nine in a row, but that takes nine years. Yes. There's a lot of obstacles to go through with teenage boys in nine years. You nailed it, man. Nine freaking. That's just short of a decade. And you're working at 10 weight classes. So I mean, you you could take 12 to nationals. How long has it been that you haven't caught a 50-pounder? 30 <laughs> at least 30 yeah because i'm 45 44 or 45 i think i'm 45 yeah ish that's three decades yeah so i was i was fishing what's your excuse you started flathead fishing way before me yes but 
I didn't. I My didn't start flathead fishing until I was 22, and I'm 33 but now. I learned a lot of bad habits and misconceptions along the way that mm. stuck with me that I had to overcome in order to get out of my own way you know and that from if we're talking a coaching perspective the best athlete you can coach is one who's fresh coachable and doesn't have the bad habits yep (laughs) and not that i'm coaching you but uh you definitely didn't hurt my success well there's something to be said about surrounding yourself with a group of people that are like positively influential yes that have a similar goal and a similar work ethic yeah and if you surround yourself with those people you're you can't help but get better yes so like i like flying fishing get drunk to where you can't remember the important stuff that (laughs) we would probably have caught like twice as you'd have 550s by now if that wasn't the the case but that's that's like a real thing you know and yes and there was a time period about probably five, six years ago where I did like a hard audit of the people I spent most time with. Yeah. And like, I don't know if I should, well, we get in all kinds of shit on here. So <laughs> whatever. Um, How bad were the other ones that I made the cut? <laughs> Maybe you need another audit, buddy. Not good. Not good. I was thinking it. Well, without getting without without getting too mushy, like your your positive attributes are you bust your ass at whatever you do, and it's not that you're doing it for one person or the other. You're just wired that way. And yeah. I I appreciate that. Like I'm I'm wired to do what I gotta do to get what I wanna get, and you just do it regardless. Yeah. Like, like you Any, might, anything I do is to the best of my ability at all times. Yeah. That's it. And you don't, you don't mind a little suck. Like if this sucks, like we, when we took your boat out, that this, sucked. You know, yeah. <laughs> like there's, there's no way to describe that yeah. any way differently than we had a hell of a time getting down river. <laughs> so we knew what was coming. So up. getting up river was going to be <laughs> twice as hard. Yeah. And, it didn't bother you. It didn't bother yeah. me. But if you would have been bitching the whole time, dude, that that gets that been the last trip. <laughs> well, it gets to you no matter what. Yeah, you know, like yeah. over time, I don't care how calloused of a mind you have. If you surround yourself with people who complain and moan all the time, that's gonna get to you and affect you. Yeah. So like, like you you made quotation marks the cut. <laughs> the guy who embraces the suck. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Like you don't mind working a little bit, and you're yeah. not you're gonna stay. You're not gonna complain. Yeah. Because in at the end of the day, we're just fishing. Yes, that's like exactly it, right. It's just fishing. It's not everybody's style of fishing, but if you want to catch a big fish, it should be. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that's why people like watching these videos and listening to this because they see you guys out there embracing the suck well i think they're not being like oh man like oh shoot like you're just like well that's too bad okay let's move on (laughs) you know that's awesome they're living this 40 (laughs) well there's a handful of things with entertainment with that provide value you have entertainment value you have education value you have relatability you have escapism so if you watch a video and it's entertaining it teaches you something um 
the people are relatable and they're willing to do things that you wouldn't want to do, that's escapism. Or go places that you can't or won't go. Like yeah. that's like, the thing with with the videos that I make is that all the places I go are attainable, but they require a substantial amount of effort yes. to get there. And not everybody is willing or able because yes. like you talked about how, well, you had bullshit excuses like golf, but, <laughs> <laughs> but people with real excuses, like, you I know, you real excuses, ball a mile, you're built to be a golfer. I had a great day today. So I, I, I told Ryan, I was on the course today all day yeah, for a workouting. So work. <laughs> that's one thing about around here. You have a lot of golf courses to pick from. Yes. More golf courses than flat adults. Oh, 100%. 100%. But um, I don't remember where I was getting at. We got distracted with golf. We did. That was your fault. Embracing the suck. Oh, I won't, won't disagree with that. Embracing oh. the suck and uh, the reason why there's entertainment value. Oh, because it, it seems so attainable. It's like so close but so far. Yes. You know, because... It takes time. Not everybody has time. It takes effort. It's not. You're not talking about my excuses. No, no, I'm talking about just getting to the flathead spots. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Well, but there's a lot of people have those excuses, and you could call them excuses, but you could really a lot break of times them down. It's reality. But it is. You know? Or priorities. Yeah. You know, who wants well, to stay out till three thirty in the morning? Oh, when sometimes that's the only time they're going to. A lot of people prioritize their kids over flatheads. I don't understand it, but <laughs> <laughs> that's why I guide every other weekend. Right. The other my off weekends, I got my Stella. That's right, as you should, and that's that's the reality of most people's situations. And I'm in a situation where I don't have like those other requirements in my life or not even requirements, those other priorities in my life. Yeah. Like I have my own personal ones and I work around those, but, um, like two videos a week <laughs> and podcast a week and, 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 a, and a wife who actually wants me to spend time with her. Yeah. I don't you think she'd it. outgrow that by now. <laughs> <laughs> so I got a question. So how much time does it take for you guys to get bait? Because that's one thing that I found very frustrating when I'm out there. I'd rather be just getting out there, fishing, done. But the bait it is the wow. bait tank. It depends the- on the night, though. Like, I've got two trips coming up this weekend. So I need double the amount of bait as I would on a normal weekend. I went out last night from 8.30 to 11.30. I caught nine quality baits. That's it. Usually, if I spend three hours, I want 30 quality mm-hmm. baits. I at least, nine. at yes. least. I had nine. I caught 20 good baits, not like high quality baits, but uh, five to seven inch bluegills and four to, I caught one eight inch bullhead. So four to eight inch bullheads, like not primos, but like good we'll baits. Eight dot hook baits. Yes. And uh, it took me. 45 minutes to catch 20 where yeah. I was at. Which is awesome. That's really good. It's a good spot. You know, yeah. it's it's a spot that I will revisit, you know. And and sometimes, well, most times, that same spot I was fishing last night was same scenario. You know, but, I could catch 20 in a half hour. But the reason I piggyback that off of what you said is, like, there's some spots where you're going to get a bunch of good bait quick. Yes. You know, so. Yeah. 
the trick is to have a bunch of them where you can go get bait that works. It's not the best, but it's far from the worst, and you can get it fast. And then you have these spots that have that primo shit that you can get. Maybe it'll take a little extra time, yeah. but suddenly, like, okay, you have an hour and a half. You can go out for this hour and a half and catch five baits and supplement. Like, you throw a three-rod spread because you're by yourself. You put two of the good baits out, one primo. And then if you have a bait tank, yet you bring 20 baits with you, let's say you have a slower night or whatever, you catch one or two fish and don't have turtle problems. And you go through seven baits tops. Seven baits. Yeah. You get, you take your thirteen baits back, throw them in the bait tank, and then the next time you They're go out, go. and Ready suddenly go. you have thirty or forty baits in the bait tank, and it builds up over time. Yeah. And you want to go through those. You know, you don't want them to just sit in there forever. But yeah. the concept is, is with the bait tank, bait suddenly becomes less and less of an issue. Before I built a bait tank, I would get off work at let's say five six o'clock. Go catch bait. Wouldn't be on the riverbank until 8, 8.30. Yep. It just added that level of stress and time constraint. And sometimes you showed up on the river and you have four baits. Yes, absolutely right. And you're and like, you, you hit four spots to get four baits. Yep. You know, and, well, and your fishing total comes and wipes out your whole spread. <laughs> well, guess I'll go home now. <laughs> yeah. But the bait tank helps eliminate all that shit. It's, yeah. it's nice. And you don't have to catch bait when you need it. You catch bait when you can. And well, that, that and makes that, a big difference. Yes, it does. Yep. It'd be nice if my bait tank didn't kill all my baits. Yeah, that <laughs> sucks. I, I had that happen earlier this spring, too, and I don't know why. And it was a new tank. But mm-hmm. once I reflushed it, I haven't had a problem since. Yep. So um, yours is a seasoned tank, and it did that. So that's weird. But it wasn't seasoned after I moved because it'd been dry for a day or two. Yeah. So... Probably need to re re-seasoned, yeah. if you will, and I'm gonna drain it all out. Probably gonna go to the extremes, gonna get get a new pump, bleach everything, yeah. and move it away from the window. Because Spencer's talking extremes, like he lost seventy baits. Yes. Wow. No, I lost more than that. Yeah, but lost, the first time you lost seventy baits, like overnight, gone. It was over the course of four days. Yeah. I lost seventy, and then. Then lost another 20 to 30 after that. That's got a high level of suck. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And that's one I would whine about. But I, I embrace the suck. You know, like, I, I'm a problem. Pretty well. I'm a problem solver. Yeah. Not that yeah. I'm good at solving them, but I like to have problems to solve. And now I have a new problem. <laughs> you could pick an easier problem. And it just that. happens to really suck. Yeah. No shit. You're right. Because you got a guide trip this weekend, don't you? Coming up Sunday? I got Friday, Monday. Friday, Monday. And I'm on I got the, Saturday, Sunday. And I'm on the Missouri Saturday and Sunday. Really? Yep. Sweet. So, going to go run a guide trip, catch a limit of walleyes. This guy wants walleyes. Good. And then catch a 110-pounder on the Missouri, leave, come back, and catch a 50-pound flathead. That's not a bad weekend. No, yeah. not at all. Yeah, that's, I that's, mean, that's my plans. Pretty easy. <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, that's what Labor Day is all about. Right. <laughs> I forget it is Labor Day yeah. weekend. It's going to be so busy. And that's why I want the double trip because I don't have to work Monday. Why not? So, yeah, I got a 12 hour on Saturday and a six hour on Sunday. 
That'd be good. So, yeah, that'd be fun. Hopefully, you beat him up. I hope so. I hope so because I know my uh, Saturday night twelve-hour trip is somebody's and his family. Mm-hmm. So I I really want to put his dad on a fish because his dad's never caught one over fifteen. So I really want to get him at least one stud, and then my Sunday trip is Bill coming from Chicago. Bill Service. Yep. And uh, so he's coming in finally. And I he's been chomping at the bit all year. So it's going to be exciting to fish with him. So hopefully we get him on a good one. They recommended that there should be a contest. And I don't know how, what this contest would look like. <laughs> that... You have a lot better idea than me or Andy. Right. <laughs> right. I don't know what the hell you're talking about. But that's the best part of <laughs> nothing. Of me like like pausing and hanging on stuff. <laughs> I'm gonna have to edit all that out. So the, <laughs> sorry. The contest is for any new listeners to point out the one F bomb you miss <laughs> every single podcast. It's you've like edited. It is. That's what I'm saying. Now, I don't know what it'd look like or how you would be able to verify. Verify. They'd have to send. Literally, I have not done it on purpose at all. But that's the best part. I know. If you did it on purpose, it wouldn't have as much meaning to it. (laughs) And I don't know if the last couple, we had some pretty good guests. I don't know if we really, if I missed any. I don't know. Well, I but I haven't. Li- I don't listen to everyone. Every once in a while, I will, yeah. and then I always giggle when I hear it. <laughs> <laughs> I think so. I can't be perfect. I think the contest needs to go like this: whoever emails in to me or Ryan, and every email's time stamped. Yeah, and states the time on the podcast the f bomb is at. So you say. The podcast name with the time of the F-bomb. And you email either of us. So now I've got to leave one on purpose. No, you don't. Because no? then there'll be two. <laughs> 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 there, we all okay. want there to be one. All right. Um, all right. And maybe there'll be zero. And that's yeah. okay, too. So if there's an episode with an F-bomb and you send us in the time that the F-bomb occurred on the podcast with the title, what do, what do we give them? I'll buy them a River Certified sticker. We will, we will send a River Certified sticker and a Straight Heat sticker. Well, there you go. Yeah. So And so you need to send in the time or the episode, the, the episode title the time and your shipping address that you want us to send it to and first is first and there's no first is first smart ass comments aren't are like encouraged <laughs> <laughs> as in every email always yes yeah. yes please yes please and speaking of kentucky larry keep it up you've been nailing it yep. lately yep i'm impressed i'm just imagining him sitting on a front porch in his bibs <laughs> Like, Which has been verified. He does have bibs. He has bibs just listening. Living up to the Kentucky Larry name. With a piece of... Can uh, only imagine. With a piece of big blue stem grass in his <laughs> teeth. You know, just chewing on it. I reckon I ought to go get yeah. me a big ugly. <laughs> Larry, you're a freaking legend. Yes. Keep it up, man. Uh, Nick sent this one in. And I encourage any... We're talking about email contributions here. So... 
while we're on that topic, Nick sent in, you might be river certified, and I've never done this, so maybe I'm not river certified, but he said he had a dream, and he had a dream about catching bait and stressing out that he wasn't going to catch enough bait to go fishing. I've been there. Yeah. Not the dream part, like for real. So <laughs> it, you might be river certified if you've ever had a dream about catching bait. Nick, you might be more river certified than I am. <laughs> and if anybody else has any river certified, you might be river certified. Send them my direction. I, I have woke up in the middle of the night dreaming that the clicker was going off at the bottom of my bed. Like I reached for my rod. I feel like I, I talked about my crazy. clicker yeah. alarm clock. Yes. Yeah. Where it screwed with your head too much and you screwed with my it. heart. <laughs> my heart would be beating out of my chest. <laughs> well, we talked about that. Like flathead is flathead fishing is the ultimate drug because you'll be chilling, nothing, and then that clicker starts rolling, and it's go time. There's no- like you don't like you got to be in it to win it yeah. in that moment because you might only get one moment a night. Yeah, and you could be sound asleep and you've got to be on your A game and. Seconds. Yeah, half second and a half. Two right, seconds. Right, right. Because otherwise you botch it, it's over. Yeah, or you jump out of your cot and you run up the boat and it shakes the rod and then you lose a fish. And I think, I think that's the worst too because then you have to go back to sleep. Just and, disappointed. And, and pissed. Crushed. Just pissed. <laughs> like there's zero disappointment. Like I botch a fish, I'm never disappointed. Yeah. I'm just furious. Yeah. Like... How do you sleep when you're furious? Like my second one of that night, the last time me and you went out. That second fish, I was so upset with myself. I wasn't. I slept like a baby. (laughs) (laughs) So going back to losing fish, dreaming, that night I lost that nice flathead on that crankbait. Yeah. Yeah. I couldn't sleep. And when I did, I was dreaming about flathead. I'm not kidding. (laughs) So I don't think I've ever had a flathead dream. I don't have very many dreams that I remember anyway. I've had like four or five. It's really? Been, yeah. yeah. Nice He's ones. Obsessed. I, <laughs> my wife would say yes. 100%. Sounds like her tolerance is pretty low. <laughs> you need you to go back to, to golf. Yeah, you, no, you just need to keep working on it. She'll, she'll learn. Like my but, girlfriend, I took her out twice. Because, you know, that's what I do. From April... May to October. I go flathead fishing. That's what I do. So she thought she would join me in this conquest. And she went out first night pissed because she loves to read. She brought a book light. The bugs just swarmed her. So she was over it. Caught a 25. Didn't care. (laughs) (laughs) That's the thing. When I took Ella, she caught... I think it was a 34 or 36 wow. or something like that. And no, I kid you not. And there's nothing against carp fishing. But as soon as we let it go, and she had a big smile on her face when she caught it, she says, we need to catch something else. What if we went carp fishing? I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> and you married her. <laughs> Slap in the face. So the second time I take her out, we're having a good time. We have a campfire. I got her a channel cat rod. She's check. She's catching channel cat left and right. I caught like a 15 or a 20. And then she catches a 34. That looked like it was 54. With yeah, it was huge. Yes. 
Yes, with her holding it, it was ginormous. So now she's done. She doesn't ever care to go flathead fishing again. She won the game. She, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Check the box. She's yeah. out. So, which is good and bad. That's funny. When I caught that. <laughs> it is good and bad. <laughs> that 35-pounder the other night, my wife's like, so you fix your high yet or what's the deal? I'm like, no. It just started. It's going. <laughs> You're not done? No. It just started. Sounds like... Because uh, they make 36s. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. And there's something about being a college athlete that keeps you driven like that. I th- All right, here's a different follow-up question to that. Is there something about being a college athlete that makes you driven? Or are you driven, therefore making you a college athlete? That's yeah. Which is interesting that. that we're all in here as prior college athletes. Some of us more prestigious than others, yes. but yes. I will point out who the more prestigious ones My are. My college isn't even a college. <laughs> <laughs> one of one of the three schools I went to doesn't even have a wrestling program now. <laughs> But anyway, that's a good point. You know, it's like mindset that leads to success in a certain endeavor. It's like chicken or the egg theory a little yeah. bit. Well, your whole summer has been goal setting. And that's one thing 100%. That, that, that takes people to the next level, no matter what you do. You set a goal, you work for it, you achieve it. You so set a new learning. Goal. So fun fact, I'm not big on goals. Not Thinking and writing down a goal, but you're always checking boxes, and that's what goals are. I'm problem solving. Yeah. So I guess you could say the problem solving the problem is the goal. The achieving so, of the goal. So, but I don't like say my goal this year is to catch a sixty. You know, I don't. That's a far fetched goal. There's a lot of. Well, you can classify it, whatever. There's right. too many things out of your control. My goal this year that. is to catch a forty. All right. So like. I would say a more obtainable goal would be my. But you're missing. I the, want my hookup ratio to be ninety percent. But you're missing the point. My point is, I don't set like this benchmark specific for me to achieve. Um, I guess if I had any goal, it's just to be on the water more, which is pretty tough to obtain. Yeah. This <laughs> this year I failed. Yeah. Like two years ago. It's the most time I've ever spent on the water. Last year was a bump up from that. This year it's been dropped. But how long have you been doing two videos a week and a podcast every week? The thing that screwed yeah. me was the house. Yeah. Looking for a house and then That's mo- true. moving. Because a lot of your days are mornings and days floats. When you're not guiding. They start. Or even when you are guiding. They, 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 a lot of my day or trips are you start at two or three in the afternoon and you get off the water at 10 or 11 the next morning yeah yeah a lot of them work out that way well most of mine are nighttime after my activities are done like i usually don't get on the water till seven o'clock right which ain't a bad time either no especially for the way i like to fish but you can't so those are good trips too and i think and i enjoy those trips but you, there's a lot of places you can't get to. In that efficient time. Right. To be there by happy hour and quiet and set up. And, That's it. Yeah. Like, I love being set up a half hour before the sun goes down. No. 
And I've heard the argument that don't set up too early because the channel cats will get to you. If you're in the right spot, that ain't a problem. <laughs> you know, like, if, <laughs> yeah. you're, if you're getting channel ratted, at if least... If you're catching two-pound fish, move. Yeah. yeah. That's all there is to If you're getting... And I think I've told you that several times. Several times. Yes. <laughs> and it's true. <laughs> like, you, the big ones aren't... I mean, you're limited experience this year. Yep. Very limited. <laughs> Back to the whatever theory you talked about. Dunning-Kruger effect. Yeah. <laughs> no one at all. Which, uh... It, there's something to be said with if you keep repeating the same pattern, getting the same results, you need to change your pattern. Well, good. We said this already. Yeah. Good's the enemy of great. Yeah. You know, if you're consistently catching 10 to 20 pounders, there might be a big, there's probably a bigger one out there wherever you're at. And he'll probably show up eventually. But you ain't going to go from 10 to 20s to 50. And it's even more apparent with three to fives. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? If you're catching. Two pound channel cat, two pound channel cat. There's probably not a forty anywhere near them. Right. More than like, in this low water, there's a better chance, but not very. No, not this dumb. time of year. Yeah. It's funny you go to, uh, you find a good flathead hole that's got fish in it, and all the two pound channels are gone. <laughs> <laughs> they either left or got eaten. They're eaten. Yeah. They're eaten. <laughs> But that's real, yeah. you know. Like, if you set up on in June, I think I think pre-spawn, it's a different story because fish are moving so much. Where yeah. you catch some two to three pound channels, there isn't a flathead there at that moment, and then he shows and up, he cruises in, and yep. the little bites stop. Yep. So this begs the question: Would you ever use a channel cat as bait? I have used yeah. channel cats as bait. I've never caught a flathead on one. I have. A couple buddies who have done well on I've, it. I've heard stories of well, but I've the times I've used them, they've never even got sniffed. Yeah. Like not even a turtle. Well, and there's some value to that too. You know, if you have a bait that you can put out, nothing is going to touch it but a but flathead. But one. Yeah. yeah. So you, Which is kind of bullhead for the most part. Yeah. As close as you can get to it. Channel will smack a bullhead every once in a while, and a yeah. gar will every once in a while. I bet a guard hit a channel cat if you cast it out in the right spot. Hmm. Like if you're on the right stretch of river, it's got a pile of gar, and you throw a channel cat out. Oh, they're used to eating them. Yeah, you know they eat them every day. They don't give a shit. Um, but I guarantee you, a channel will catch a flathead, and I would use a channel for bait. Yeah. Now there are certain bait species that, or bait species, certain species of fish that are off limits for bait for me. Like I would never use a smallie. I, which been we tempted. ate smallie the other day we did so what's the difference between using it on bait or eating it it's a principle thing like there's there's not any real logic behind it in <laughs> a prioritize actually it's a prioritization type thing like I prioritize human consumption over bait yep. so like I'm not going to use a flat or a flat I'm not going to use a walleye for bait and it's not that I have this enormous respect for the wall i have i mean i have some but if i'm gonna kill actually that's part of it it's because i have so much respect for a walleye that if i'm gonna kill one i'm only gonna kill it it for your energy yes Yes. i'm not gonna kill it for bait yeah and the uh, i'd say it's a similar deal with smallies muskies i wouldn't use a muskie i wouldn't use a northern largemouth use them all day (laughs) (laughs) In fact, I've 
caught several flatheads on large mouths. But, <laughs> but yeah, it's it's probably a respect thing. You yeah. know, I'm only going to kill it to eat it. And that's the simple fact that you're not in dire need of bait. You have other options. If all you had was three smallmouth and you had a guide trip that was leaving in 15 minutes, you wouldn't use them? That's all you had for Are bait? Are they legal? They're legal and you can't catch any shad with your net. Maybe. Maybe? Maybe. Are you going to cancel the guide trip? I might. Really? Yep. Principles. I've heard of tree huggers. I've never heard of smallmouth huggers. <laughs> <laughs> what what it really boils down to is like how broke am I too? Like if That's, that if, if I had to pay my mortgage that. the next day, yeah. And if I didn't pay my mortgage, like I couldn't pay my mortgage unless I ran a guide trip. It was either rob a gas station or run a guide trip. <laughs> or, or kill some smallies. <laughs> yeah. It's like rob a gas station or kill some smallies. I'm going to kill the smallies, you know. Mm-hmm. But if money's no issue and it's run this guide trip with some small legal, legal smallies. Yeah. And then, or not, I'm probably going to cancel the trip. Really, or, I really would. Or go buy some night crawlers and say, that, "Let's go do a channel cat trip." No, what, I, what, I, <laughs> what? The reality of like, I, I would see the writing on the wall ahead of time. Yes. And I would go to a bait shop and buy bait. Yeah. And well, no, we won't go into my bitches about bait shops around <laughs> here. I don't want to talk shit on any bait shops. No. Some some are doing a very good job, and some are not. Speaking of bait shops, so how long would you guys keep cut bait in a freezer? In a freezer? As little time as possible. Yep. Yeah. The fresher the better. But I don't know. I've I've used bait that's three months old. But then I always end up using it side by side fresh bait and the fresh bait always outproduces it. Like I can't think of a single time in my mind where fre- frozen bait outfish the fresh fresh stuff. But so, if frozen's all you got, cast it in. Yeah, it's it's yeah. better than nothing. But yeah. like there was, I had three or four guide trips this spring. Everybody talks about, not everybody, but the only time I've heard people talk about where frozen outproduces fresh is early spring after ice thaws. The magic where, thaw. Yeah. The, where all the shad come to the surface. The ice out bite. <laughs> <laughs> You know, it, and I had frozen bait that was from the fall, you know, yeah. prior to freeze up. Whatever you didn't use that little bit that we went ice fishing. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And then uh, I I found some fresh stuff and the fresh stuff would outfish it three to one. Yeah. So I don't know. I And this leads to so many things in fishing. It's like how much of it's just bullshit that, yeah. that when somebody gets a, a, a stand like, you stand on your your milk crate or what it what is it? Your milk stand. Your soapbox? Soapbox, not milk. <laughs> soap. Uh, gosh. That's why we brought you this for that right there. But you're you're up on your soapbox for the first time and it's like you have to say something, so you just make up some shit. And I think that Man. plays I think that plays out in fishing. I really do. Because yeah. people make things into a bigger deal than they really are. Just to get an intention or a uh, wave their way. Yeah, just, just yeah. To turn ahead. And I don't think that's 
I think that's a lot of layers of human nature playing out there. So yeah. I don't, I'm not saying it's a bad thing. It happens all the time. But I, well, I'd say the bad side of it is I think it leads to a lot of misinformation or just information that's portrayed in a, a light that's not accurate. Yeah. Like the reality is 12 months out of the year, fishing is still fishing. You're going to have good trips. You're going to have bad trips. You're going to have a lot in between. And the good trips are going to really stick out. The bad trips and the in-between. I mean, people romanticize the past. Yeah. And they're, But they're, there's a lot of scenarios that will lead to your odds being highly better for a good trip or a bad trip. Sure. And you can map those. But the reality is there's odds don't play out all the time either. No. That's so, why you don't fish once a year. That's why you fish multiple times a week if possible. <laughs> but what what I'm getting at is like this ice out magic bite is not, I mean. It's fun when it happens. Yeah, but there's like certain weather events that have to occur for it to happen. And and what are you going to do? Just wait on those? That's that's when you call me like calling sick. <laughs> Call it sick. Wednesday. Call it sick. And there, there are, you know, if you want to want to stack the channel cats, those do, days do play out. The wind's going to be perfect. But more of the story of all of this conversation is that if we're going to talk absolutes, I've absolutely never seen an instance where frozen outfishes fresh. Yeah. I've seen instances where frozen and fresh are close, but and nine times out of ten... Frozen outproduces, or fresh outproduces frozen, like, obviously. Now, people could use a certain scenario to disprove that by throwing the frozen sure. in a much better spot than the fresh. Well, that, that's... You know what I mean? That falls back to being honest with yourself. Yeah. And I do my best to be honest with myself. You want real scientific... I want real Knowledge. data, yeah. real data. And I'm not saying I know everything, and I'm not saying the situations I fished are the absolutes. I'm just telling you I've never seen it. Yeah. And I fish a lot, <laughs> and I've never seen it. So if you have to, it, 12 months out of the year, if they're like, do you want frozen or fresh bait? Give me that fresh shit. Yeah. Okay? Every single time. You're going to get on your milk crate for this one. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Well, I've I've kind of created a milk crate. <laughs> <laughs> so, Andy, you just started back fishing this summer. What have you learned? Um, I've learned that I don't know, and I'm going to say this again. I don't know anything. And me either. <laughs> Welcome to the I really club. don't. The more time you spend out there, the more you're going to realize you don't know crap. Yeah, <laughs> it, it like my mind has been blown by how much I don't know, and relying on the people that know more than me and putting myself in the right situation to have a higher probability of catching a fish is huge. Are you soaking that knowledge in though? Are you going to have a pattern to repeat and try to get and there, up? And there's been some of that where on the milk crate stuff, Stop you know, it. <laughs> <laughs> like trying to, Oh, the ice out, you know, Oh, you gotta do this and you gotta do that. And trying to weed some of this information out. Um, there's value to be at from everything. Yeah, exactly. Everything has some value to it. And even if it's negative, <laughs> it's something to cross off the yeah, list. Still they valuable. can never do it again. Yep. Yeah. But going back to put myself out in the water and getting the fresh bait, which I have noticed, and that's why I asked that question, is 
a much higher performer, you know, live or just, you know, cut fresh, whatever that looks like. Yeah. And, um, I don't know, just. And that is one thing that I've, I've picked up over time is when you do use cut bait, change it more frequently. Cause a lot of times you pull in a bait that's been sitting for an hour, you put a yep. fresh chunk out, you throw it out, it gets hit pretty soon. Now, could that be because I threw it right on his head or could it be that it's put more off more scent? I haven't, I don't have enough information for that, but I know it has happened multiple times. And I'm the first person to be, be guilty of, oh man, you know, it took so long to catch this bait. I don't want to throw another chunk okay, out but, and yeah. then I end up freezing half of it anyway, you know? So it's like, <laughs> what was this for? I'll tell you what, frozen bait's better than no bait. That's true. Absolutely right. <laughs> Yeah. So if I have the choice, I'm going fresh. But if I have the choice between fishing and not fishing, I'm fishing. Yeah. So if all I have is frozen bait, I'm using frozen bait. Like me and you have talked personally, I'm taking that trip down to Kansas in October. Mm -hmm. I'm going with enough bait to get me through the trip. Yeah. Now I'm gonna my first guide trip is until Saturday morning at nine o'clock and I planned that so I can get up at six and try to catch fresh bait. But I've always got a fallback. I'm going to have that frozen bait that's going to, you know, probably perform pretty well. But I'm going to try to have that fresh as well. Well, you'll have a time frame, too, where I'll actually be able to help you get some fresh. Like, you can roll down there and you can have some frozen bait on your way down. But I should be able to get you some fresh-ass shad that you can throw right on ice and, and I almost said ass. And <laughs> Let me... Throw let, it on your ass and <laughs> Just let me know if Spencer fails you because I've conserved so much bait that I got plenty of frozen bait, so you're good. <laughs> no, I'm talking fresh bait. Yeah, and I don't... Like day before even, fresh bait. And even my frozen bait isn't going to be weeks old. It's going to be that week. I would so. say, like, I'll find it. Wouldn't worry about the frozen... I, I would worry about the frozen, the weeks leading to it, and have frozen bait ready. Yeah. But the week of, like, let's find it. Yeah. Just swap ice. Because I'll be on the water five days a week, so yeah. not, I'll find it. Hell yeah. Because I'll, I'll find it because I have to have it. <laughs> yeah, I, I plan on leaving that Thursday night, so I might take that Thursday off as well. And use Thursday to get bait and then head out Thursday night. Not a bad plan. And then uh, I'm taking my girlfriend's. We're going to have a little weekend. So me and her will do something Friday. And then I'll fish all day Saturday. And then we'll do something Sunday morning and head home. Not a bad plan. Yeah. When do you guys find to edit all this stuff? I don't know. It's it's usually. <laughs> That's the mind-boggling part, honestly. <laughs> it's usually honestly. about 11 o'clock to 1230. Or my lunch breaks. If I, if I have time, because my job is very inconsistent on time-wise. So if I have time to take a lunch break, I edit it during my lunch breaks. If not, I usually shut everything down about 11 o'clock, and then I'll edit from 11 to 12.30 for a couple nights in a row and get it done. I will wake up at about 7, 6.30. I think I'll wake up about 6.30 tomorrow. I'm going to take a sip of coffee, brush my teeth. And then I'll be editing from about 7 to 11. Then I'm going to go catch a few more baits. Then I'm kayak fishing after that. Hell yeah. So 7 to 11. A lot of it depends on how focused you want to be. 
Like, that's a big thing. Like, if you let distractions sink in, which I have no lack of distractions. <laughs> and it's between... He bought a split-level house just to limit some distractions. <laughs> that's, that's, that's not the worst. Like, well, I say worst. It's not the most consistent of them. Like, the most consistent is emails, Instagram, Facebook messages. Like, the all of those messages... Yeah. Like that's the most consistent. So what I've gotten a lot better at is put my phone away and knock I'll, out three hours, knock out three, three to four solid hours of editing. Just like get in the freaking zone and go. And then when I'm kayaking and just floating, that's when I'm doing all that other stuff. Yeah. And that's why, you know, my lunch break, everybody else is working. Everybody leaves me alone. Mm-hmm. I've got, you know, 45 minutes to pop it. And usually, if it's a two-hour podcast, usually takes me about four hours to get through, get it uploaded online, get the, we use Megaphone for yep. to put it out. Yep. So that usually takes about four hours for a two-hour podcast. So I usually get it knocked out with one night and a couple lunches. Mm-hmm. So there's your answer. I just think got any other brain busters? <laughs> I just people don't realize, and I don't either, how much time that takes to put out something. Well, that's, Spencer's videos are a different level than a podcast. Podcast is just audio; that's easy peasy. But trying to cut out video and audio and tell a story that's not choppy is something I've got to get on board with because I I have no knowledge of it. We're missing money. Yeah, that's exactly right. Where's our camera right now? I know. and Because you can't get it off your computer to Facebook. <laughs> I've got some awesome footage from the guide, the guide trip that I caught that 43. Yep. And then I've got some awesome footage of my reel popping off my rod and catching that 32. And I can't. I've got them onto my computer. You're missing out on promotional opportunities. I can't get it. I know, and that's I was going to blow up my guide page this week with those videos, and I can't get it from my computer onto Facebook. So to answer your question for the video, or I don't know if it was a question, but just to respond to what you said, uh, my personal record for a 20-minute video is I edited it in two and a half hours. Most of the time, you're looking at 5 to 12. Wow. Depending on how, like, some footage just falls together. And you're like, wow, that just... Spencer's a perfectionist. Let's not forget... I'm not a perfectionist. (laughs) Perfectionist is a fancy word for somebody who's insecure about what they're doing. You will look at a clip that's perfectly fine and take two hours to make it better. So our (laughs) our definition of fine is different. Well... But... I just told you I edited a 20-minute video in two and a half hours, and I have. Um, sometimes, but that's like catching a 50. It doesn't happen very often. Uh, <laughs> 30 years, actually. <laughs> but, uh, well, what, a eight in the last six? Oh, you're talking about Ryan. Yeah, I'm talking about Ryan. Not me. And the shitty part is I've seen several of them. I was sleeping right next to you. <laughs> you saw the biggest one. Yeah. Yeah. God, you landed that was, it. That was a me. fun trip. Oh, yeah. That was a fun trip. That was the bat trip. Yeah. Yeah. I think I caught like a 20-something early. Yes. And then yep. we were dead sleeping and 
Spencer's clickers rolling for like, it seemed like three hours, but it was like 30 seconds. I'm like, Spencer, you going to get that? Oh, (laughs) I guess I will. (laughs) And that 55, 56? 55. Came out of a foot and a half, two foot of water? It was three. Was it? Yep, because it went from one foot to three. There was that one little lip right there where that that creek just trickled in. And I'm like, oh, that looks interesting. We'll toss a bullhead there. And, you know, bites like that you wish you saw during the day because I bet it was a shit show. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I bet it it wasn't. I bet that bullhead, like that bobber was just gone. He just had no clue, and all of a sudden he was engulfed. Yep. Although... Maybe, because the first 50 I ever caught was on a bullhead under bobber in about two foot of water. Yeah. Well. And the bob, like, the bullhead freaked out. The bobber was just like. And 99 times out of 100, if your bait is freaking out, it's because it's getting chased by a small fish. Yes. Like a fish that can't get it down the hatch. But this was a two pound bullhead. So. Wow. <laughs> It was a 15-inch bullhead under bobber, and he freaked out, and then the bobber just goes under, straight back up. It's just like, dunk, and then just starts going across. (laughs) I go what I want. Yep. (laughs) That was one of the, and I had a glow stick electrical tape to the bobber. Yeah. Before So you got to see the whole show. Oh, yeah. It was pretty (laughs) sweet. It happened at like quarter to 11 on a Friday night, and... And it was even better because I botched a nice one about an hour before. <laughs> I was pissed. And... Just upset with the world, and then it made itself better. Yep. The problem solved itself. Well, my favorite part of the story, and I think I've said it on here, but it's worth repeating, is I had just built these new sets of rods for myself. And I never caught a fish on them. I didn't know how a fish, like any particular fish, felt on them. They are pretty beefy. Yeah. And... um set the hook, hook this fish, land him. And my buddy, Tyler, <clears throat> he lands him for me. And when I hooked him, I was just like, whoa, this fish is strong. And I'm walk, I, I just, I can't And in your part- mind, you're doing the math with the no, length that you made and <laughs> the length that you're like. I, I like to think I was, but I wasn't. <laughs> and I can't hardly turn the real handle because of the power. So I just walk backwards on the sandbar. And the fish, I gain line when I can, and the fish gets close enough, Tyler lands him. And when he gets him on the the bank, I, I yell down at him. He's like 50 feet away, so it's not very far down. But <laughs> I yell at him. I go, is he over 20? And he just starts laughing. <laughs> it's like, yeah, just there's a little. There's a 20 in his mouth. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was the first 50 I ever got. And he was right at it, right at 50. And that's a special fish. It was. Yeah. That five, like the four O mark is a special fish. Yes. The five O mark is one you dream of. Yeah. Yeah. That's why I'm going to get a tattoo. First client fish over 50 this year. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. That was a 53. 53. Yeah. Do you weigh every fish you catch? I don't hardly weigh any of them. I try to. I just from my own knowledge. Sure. I try to. Now, if, if it was a hard fight and, I think the fish is going downhill. Or if it's under 25 pounds, I usually just take a picture throw them back. But if it's a good fish, I, I want to know. If if I don't think he's 40 or bigger, I don't weigh him. Yeah. Yeah. 
if I think he's in, and if I'm not in the boat, like I don't have a scale when I'm kayaking. Yeah. I don't, the only time I have a scale is in the boat. So if it looks over 40 and it was in the boat, I weighed him. Yeah. I like that 32 the other night off my kayak. I got out of the kayak, brought him up on the bank, weighed him and let him loose. Sure. And there ain't nothing wrong with any of that. That's just my thing is, I don't know. I just don't care that much. You know, it's just a personal thing. And there ain't nothing wrong with somebody who does care. I I use it more for knowledge. Like, okay, this spot's got a 32, a 37, a 42. But, you know, I'm you, right. can, you yeah. can eyeball that. To me, the biggest yeah. the biggest thing but you're is... You're a lot better at eyeballing it than I am. I'm really not. I'm usually off by five to eight pounds. But what you're saying for the spot thing is, like, you can eyeball it and know, like, this type of spot holds a good one. That's true. Yeah. So... To me, the biggest thing, if you want to weigh everyone, it'll help you get really good at eyeballing them. Like, I have a buddy, Ross, and he's, well, he don't hardly fish no more, so he probably sucks now. But (laughs) once upon a time. suck, Ross. (laughs) (laughs) Once upon a time, he was real good at eyeballing. Within like a half pound, wasn't he? It was dumb. Yeah. Yeah. But he ran a bunch of diddy pulls. He saw a bunch of nice fish. fish. And weighed them all and. Got real good at guessing the weights on fish. He could have been fl- a carnival guy. He could have been a carnival. <laughs> but there is something to it. Like, you, uh, flatheads will fool you. Yep. They, they look bigger than they are. You know, you catch a 35. Especially those big heads. Yeah. When, you know, like those 40s I caught in June, most of them would have been over 50. Well, you got it backwards. Like the 40s you caught now yes. in, in June. Would have been over 50. Would have been over wow. 50. So yeah. I, I could have had, I would say, at least two 50s this year. And, yeah. That 43, 44 would have been over 50. But you didn't. But I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> but I didn't. All the 40s I caught in August would have also. Then we yep. would have been talking about my 10 or 11. Yeah. Which is awesome. Means you're doing it right. It, there is something to that. It's amazing how. You catch a big dog in August, and you're like, he is enormous. And you put him on a scale, and he's like 44. Yeah. Which is still a giant fish. Don't get me it's wrong. But you look at the noggin on him, yes. and you're like, that's the fish. It's crazy. Yeah. That 53 that we caught in June, if we caught him now, I bet he'd be like 40. 46, 47. No. Probably. Not really? even that big. Really? Didn't have that big of a head on it. Really? The 42 I got the other night had a bigger. Better built. Yes. 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 It would have been probably 50 to 55 in June, would be my Jeez. guess. That's awesome. Yeah. There's some big fish out there. There is. Yeah. And I think that low water has kind of trapped some of those fish, and they've gotten bigger you'd than think, they would have. You'd think that, Maybe. but I haven't seen it. Like No? I know I've caught more 30s and 40s this year than I have 15s and 20s. But my point being is, well, even to add more credibility to what you're saying is, like the the 40s, 30s and 40s you're catching are 30 and 40 framed fish. Yes. So the bait has nothing to do with it. Like they have the frame. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just going to better spots. Yeah. (laughs) Well, well, and I think there's something to be for opportunities too. Like let's let's say you go out and you go out you're inexperienced. You've been fishing a while. You're, 
you both have a general concept of what a good flathead spot are and you're putting baits in what generally is a good flathead spot and let's say you have a slight advantage because you've been doing it longer so you mm-hmm. get you go fishing five times you get eight bites you go fishing five times you get six bites you land seven of the eight you land two of the six it happens all the time yeah. suddenly you're Big a legend difference. and you're a novice and the biggest difference is just fish caught versus fish that bit yeah you know i think taking advantage of the opportunities you get and this can that be applied fishing. but that's that applied is. to every yeah. fishing you yeah. know like and maybe that is the difference between experience and inexperience because flathead fishing is not complicated you add no. you put your good bait and good water for a good amount of time and any asshole can go out and catch a nice fish you know <laughs> but no one and yes and low water kind of brings that up that any asshole could catch a nice fish yeah but if you put your bait in a certain area of that good spot you're gonna have a higher percentage of catching that but fish. M- the point i'm getting at is you're i'm assuming you're better at hooking and once hooked landing yeah those quality fish so getting them out of the shit like when you get knowing when to give and knowing when to take yeah because you've had experience fighting bigger fish where like you you are new to flatheads you're yeah very you're pretty much new to fishing and you're not going to have the experience battling a big fish like you landed some nice ones probably on a sandbar probably with no structure to battle them out of and you can do whatever the hell you want as long as you don't pull a hook or bust a line you're good but then you add a log you add funky currents you add a bajillions of different other things and if you can maximize your fish hooked versus or actually fish that bite versus fish that end up in the boat that's the difference between being a good flathead fisherman and being or just a good fisherman and being a bad fisherman or okay fisherman and going back that one i lost on that crankbait if i could re-catch that again Mm-hmm. I think with the knowledge and the expertise or whatever you want to call it, the experience that I've had in the last even four weeks, mm-hmm. I'm not saying I would have landed it, but my probability would be exponentially higher Guess than what? it is. Yeah. You keep fishing, you're going to get another shot. Yeah. yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah. yeah. So the reality is just if you had bad luck, just keep suck. fishing. That's part of the suck. It is. Yeah. That, that's a good you, point. You have to get through your own way. You have to get out of your own way, which means you got to make a lot of mistakes to not make those mistakes. And we're we're focusing on flathead fishing, but this can be applied to every single. This is this is trophy fishing. If you're fishing for a big fish of any species, yes, the same concept applies. Exactly right. Yeah, we could be talking about walleyes. We could be talking about flatheads. We could be talking about gross ass largemouth, like (laughs) like whatever you want to talk about. A big fish is a big fish. Yes. So, same concept applies. Hell yeah. Yeah. I think it's a good time for the old last cast. The old last cast. Well, Well, sir. You did the finger point. Yeah. I just want to say that to all your listeners and guests and whatever that looks like well i'm the special guest tonight you are. i walked into this room yeah, have, special. i'm your guest <laughs> <laughs> i walked in this room and i've never met you guys ever yeah and it has been an awesome time and i'm We're humbled. good at having fun i'm humbled <laughs> this has been great thank you guys for having me on absolutely i yeah. appreciate it yeah. you know like it's, 
I've, I said, I don't know if it was on the podcast or just us personally talking. We've tried to meet up and have a couple beers because, like I said, he's been messaging me back and forth all spring, summer, and it's just never worked out. So he went to a spot, got on some He's been busy fish. golfing. Yeah. <laughs> Not as much as here. But, uh, and I just said, well, we're, we're doing two podcasts tonight. Can you stop over and you want to be on a podcast? He's like, you don't want me on a podcast. I'm like, yeah, we do. <laughs> so we met, we sat around, drank some beers, shot the shit. Now we just got to go fishing. That's right. It's been awesome. I'm, yeah, it'd be great. There you go. Anything you want to leave the listeners with aside from what you already said? This is your last chance. Last cast. Last cast. You last can have cast. as many as you want. Um, catch a big one. Go Hawks. Hell yeah. yeah. That's what go I say. Hawks from a Hawk alumni. That's right. Um, I'm not a Hawk alumni, but I can make a fire. So <laughs> thanks to Bigfoot Bushcraft. <laughs> promo code spencer bauer gets you 10 percent off and the other one is waterland sunglasses rc15 gets you 15 percent off and the big one that i meant to bring up at the beginning of the last two podcasts we've recorded is leave a review share the podcast like that stuff helps out so much it does and we, we, we would know, do this you guys are like a small audience but if you can get one friend or two friend to just but you're a badass audience. Yeah, well, absolutely. Don't let Ryan talk shit on you. <laughs> I'm not talking shit at all. I have a blast doing this, and I have a blast with people that comment and, uh, and shoot email. me messages. Emails, yes. yes. Yeah, it's good times. It's, it's entertaining, for sure. When I have time to jump on the email and listen to some of you guys' crap, some of you guys are just crazy, but most yeah, of you are cool. Fact. <laughs> but no, keep the messages coming. Keep it sending. You know, let's let's keep it, this thing going. Absolutely. Good times. We'd do it for free. Well, we do. We do it. Pretty for, much do it. And for by free. we would, I mean we do. <laughs> but uh, we appreciate every one of you. Means means the world. And uh, hope you catch a giant. Thanks, guys. now in waypoint tv's 2023 series showdown your favorite hunting and fishing shows are going head to head visit waypointtv.com to vote and be entered to win a giveaway from element outdoors cast your votes during each round until the champions are crowned get in the game and vote in the series showdown presented by expedition enterprises and vote trader only at waypointtv.com waypoint tv the destination for outdoor entertainment